I am so excited to invite you to one of the biggest online autism events for 2019, the Autism Summit. You'll find it at autismsummit.com.au. Many people still think that routine is where you want to go. It's not. You stay with the same thing and do it over and over again. You do not progress. Talk to adults with autism and I say, okay, guys, what are your greatest challenges? Is it the sensory? Is it the social? Is it getting a job or a relationship? And they nearly always say, no, it's none of those, Tony. It's managing my anxiety. The behaviour is always, always a byproduct of what is going on in the brain. So if the child is dysregulated, it tells us something about their brain. It doesn't tell us that we need to help them manage their behaviours. The differences between autistic and non-autistic communication are significant. And I always say there's a different language. I say there's a, a cultural difference more than anything else. So it's not that we're doing anything wrong, but we do do things differently. And to understand that is really important. Their social skills don't have to be neatly wrapped up by 18. That's, that's not real. Sometimes this area is about expectations. We're not trying to create social butterflies. We're trying to create people who have some confidence. I now insist that it be done the other way around. You interview the principal. What will you do in this scenario? What's the support look like? Because the funding exists, they do access it, and it needs to be funneled or channeled towards your child. But if we've got stuff happening in our gut and it's affecting our brain through those toxins, we can't work on our language and we can't work on our social skills. Everyone needs to either avoid processed food or learn how to read the new deliberately confusing food labels that are changing all the time. Firstly, tolerate the food and then be able to interact with it, which might mean poking it with a fork or touching it with another food. Welcome to the Online Autism Summit. I am so glad you're here. Whether you're new to the world of autism or if you've been here for a little while now, we have so much for you to explore. You need to get out your calendars and mark it in there straight away because it will be live streaming and free to access from the first to the 5th of April. And if you don't know already, this will be during Autism Awareness Week. Now, I have gathered together 20 leading world experts, extraordinary parents, as well as people on the spectrum. And we cover a whole range of topics that are relevant to every child with autism, including behaviors, anxiety, sensory processing, diet and lifestyle. We look at school and homeschooling, employment, and different kinds of therapy and really just so much more. It is this beautiful space where people are coming together with different perspectives and sharing their knowledge and their stories. And you will leave feeling absolutely empowered and inspired. Now you do have the option of being able to purchase lifetime access to these 20 interviews at really cheap early bird prices. So that is if you purchase before April. When you purchase the summit, you're able to pause and take notes. You can rewind and you can watch the interviews in your own time. You also get access to special NDIS interviews that you can't watch during the free, um, during the free summit period. Now, if you are listening to this podcast sometime in the future, don't stress 
the Autism Summit will continue to live on and be available at autismsummit.com.au. I cannot wait to see you there. Please check it out. Head over, have a look at the welcome video that we've created. It is amazing and it just really sums up what we are trying to do and that is really bring this autism community together. So autismsummit.com.au. Welcome to Homebase Hope, all about autism, the show that invites you to think differently, inspires you to take a whole child approach, and most of all, instills hope when it comes to your child and autism. I'm your host, Rhiannon Crisp, from homebasehope.com.au. Let's get into it. Welcome back, guys. So if you have been following my work for a little while now, you will know that I am a raving fan of the Chemical Maze app. And that's the one that you can download on your phone. And I'm super passionate about reducing toxins in and around the home because unfortunately these days we live in a pretty toxic world and we don't have to look any further than our own home just to realize how overloaded with chemicals our lives have actually become. So it is with great pleasure that I'm talking with Bill Statham. Bill is a researcher and writer with an interest in health education and a commitment to making a positive difference to the health of people and the environment. Bill studied and practiced homeopathy both in Australia and the UK for over 10 years. During this time, he became increasingly concerned about the detrimental effects on health caused by synthetic chemicals in the foods that we eat and the cosmetic products that we find in our everyday product. Welcome, Bill. Hi, Rianne, and how are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. Um, Let's start with your journey because I would love to know why you are so passionate about educating the community about the chemicals that are lurking in our everyday products. Uh, Yeah, sure. It it all started back when I was in practice in homeopathy. I I no longer practice. But um, back in uh, about 1997, I suppose, 98, I started to um, look at what people were putting on their skin. So essentially it was around um, I was treating people and they were going away and they were getting partially better than they come back and we called that there was a maintaining cause. There was something keeping that problem in place. So I was looking at, okay, so what might be the things that might be um, keeping their, their problem there? And I was treating quite a number of people with skin problems, children with eczema and that sort of thing. So I started to look at, okay, is it something they're putting on their skin that, you know, is keeping this in place? So I looked at the ingredients in um, things like shampoo and um, hair conditioner and, and soaps and things like that and did a bit of research and I was pretty horrified that the some of the things like sodium lauryl sulfate um, uh, and the glycols and all of those sorts of things that were in these um, uh, products could in themselves actually be causing the problems uh, that these people had. Um, so I looked at material safety data sheets and, you know, for example, sodium lauryl sulfate it can be used as a test to the, for other chemicals to see how irritant they are on the skin. And people were using these um, and coming up with skin problems and 
weren't aware that this, um, you know, these things could be causing their problems. So um, I, I then looked into, um, okay, so food additives and looked at uh, the, the various chemicals that were involved in, in the foods and I, I knew about the red cordial syndrome and, you know, how that could um, send some kids up the wall. And <clears throat> so... Um, I was equally horrified that the same thing could happen, that, you know, there were, there were colourings and preservatives and so forth um, put in foods and, and, uh, and drinks um, that, you know, kids can react to. And uh, so I decided that, um, okay, so rather than people go to the supermarket and buy products and then bring them home decide, well, you know, then read the labels and decide, well, they shouldn't have bought them in the first place, I decided that I would uh, essentially going to be a little concertina card that they carried in their wallet, but the information was way too much for that. So I came up with a little book and it had to be pocket size. It had to be easily carried. It had to be, you had to be a quick reference thing. Um, there were books around at the time, but you really had to read them and study them and then draw your own conclusions basically. Um, <clears throat> which is not the sort of thing you want to do when you're shopping in a supermarket. So, so that's how the whole thing got underway. And um, <laughs> um, I wasn't sure how well this book was going to sell, so I thought I'll, I'll print 100 copies and see how it goes. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was going to cost me about $15 a copy to, uh, to print them back then. It was before print-on-demand. and. Um, I wanted to sell them to 10, so I quickly worked out I wasn't going to make much of a profit doing that. So I, um, uh, we, we put some money together. We, my wife and I self-published the book. I couldn't get anyone to publish it. So, and then we initially um, distributed it ourselves as well. So we drove from Victoria, from Melbourne, all the way up the East Coast in getting the book into as many <coughs> health food shops as we possibly can up as far as Townsville. And um, we sold, we we um, we printed uh, two and a half thousand copies, which we sold in about um, six, five or six months. And then I produced a second edition of the book. Um, learned from a few mistakes in the first one. Did some various upgrades, uh, expanded the book a bit, and um, we decided to print five thousand on the second edition. And um, basically went from there and I think our biggest print run was about 15,000 we did in one print run we ended up selling in Australia and New Zealand about 140 145,000 copies um, and we got into a publisher in the UK and um, we um, got into various um, publishers around the world it's published in nine languages um, we've probably sold 250,000 copies worldwide so yeah it just shows you how needed this information is in today's chemical maze. Like it, it really is a chemical maze and it's hard to navigate. Um, so having something super handy like that is really super empowering because it means we can decide what we bring home. And I think to um, today's world, we're becoming more informed and making more conscious choices, which is amazing. But what I find is that when people are trying to be healthy, they focus a lot on what they put in their body, but we often forget why 
and how it's so important that we start looking at what we're actually putting on our skin and even what we're breathing in um, on, a, on a moment-to-moment basis because this is happening all the time. And I harp on a lot about it on my social media, but I would really love to hear from your perspective and your experience and your research in this area why it's so important to start evaluating the products that we keep at home in terms of um, the, the ones that we keep in the kitchen, the bathroom, the laundry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> um, well, I think unless you... Um use fully certified organic products, in in which case I'm preaching to the converted, Um, you really need to look at all of the products that you're using. Um, And, um, you know, I'm always telling people, I have three rules um, with people when I do talks and so forth. I say, you know, read the labels, read the labels, read the labels, because the information is there and it's required to be there. Um, and, and there's one exception, and I'll get to that in a minute, but, um, you know, cosmetic products, uh, product, uh, food products, all the information that you need is on the, on the label. Um, um, the, the, there is a 5% loophole um, that <coughs> where uh, <coughs> a, if a, I'll give an example of an oil, if it's got a, a preservative in it and, that, and the oil that's used in the product is less than 5% of the, the weight of the product, they don't have to disclose the preservative that's put in the oil. And um, sometimes those preservatives can be quite toxic. Uh, so, um, and the other, uh, the other area that uh, I hinted at before where... Uh, they're not. There's no requirement to put the ingredients on the labels. Is household products, household cleaners, and the like. There's no requirement, uh, and essentially they say that um, that that's because of proprietary formulas, of uh, secret formulas, and so forth. Which to me is just a load of rubbish because every company knew know what their opposition's doing anyway. Um, it's to keep the public in the dark. You know, if they if they disclose the toxic chemicals that they were use using in the cleaners that uh, you know people are buying in the supermarket shelves every day, if people actually read those labels and and then saw how toxic they are, they wouldn't buy them. So, um, you know, you've got ingredients like toluene and xylene and, uh, and butane and uh, ammonia. Uh, all sorts of, um, you know, chemicals that can be um, uh, glycol ethers and so forth. Uh, so that's why um, the Chemical Maze Bookshelf Companion is uh, is actually a better book, even though it's a bigger book than the Chemical Maze Shopping Companion. And the Shopping Companion is now out of print, I must stress, um, and won't be reprinted because of the uh, costs involved and so forth and demand is dropped on that. And the app has taken up the slack from the, the shopping companion. But the bookshelf companion is still available from our website. And it's got a whole section on household products. And it lists the ingredients that could be in the various products. Um, but it, not only that, it gives you the bad news, but it also gives you the good news. So you gives you formulas. You can actually go and make your own. So, um, you know, you don't need a lot of... You don't need to be a... Um, a formulating chemist to go and make your own cleaners. So, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's not rocket science. 
Mm. What I don't like is that there's just absolutely no transparency is there and it seems that this industry just isn't regulated. Um, it, it seems largely up to the manufacturers to determine whether or not the chemicals and the toxins that they put in their products um, is acceptable because, yeah. and, and, you know, at the end of the day, they're just looking at the profit margins. They're not looking at the health of the consumer. It's purely about the almighty dollar. Yeah, absolutely. And until people start dropping dead in the street after using, you know, cleaners and that, they're not going to do anything about it. Um, just to be a bit facetious for a minute, yeah, there is regulation, but the regulation is there to protect the industry. It's not there to protect the consumer. So, um, you know... Uh, it, <laughs> What do you mean? Can you can I delve into that? What do you mean by that? Well, basically, they're there to make sure that industry gets a gets a fair go. You know, um, it's not so much around protecting people's health. Uh, they would argue the point on that, but you've only got to look at the legislation um, to see that you could drive a truck through the holes in the legislation. You know, basically. So, you know, well, if for, for an example, like I just said, there's no, there's no requirement to list the ingredients on household products. Now, why is that? That's to protect the industry. It's not to protect the consumer. If they wanted to protect the consumer, they would make it mandatory for companies to list the ingredients on all products, not just cosmetics and food and so forth. So... You know, if, if people are looking for safe household products, there are ones out there. But but choose the companies who actually list the ingredients on their labels because they've got nothing to hide. And there are green clean cleaning products out there. But the well-known brand names, and I won't list them, people know who they are, will not list the ingredients on their, on their products, you know. Um, uh, and I don't believe I don't believe for a second that it's because it's a trade secret. You know, they use, they've used that excuse for a long time, and that doesn't wash with me. Mm, absolutely, and even a lot of the commercial products in the cleaning section that you find can claim to be earth, and they'll have all these marketing ploys that get you in, and you do you fall into the trap of going, oh, it's earthy or whatever the, the terms that they use and you buy into that and when you look on the back it's full of fragrances and all sorts of different chemicals that you know are clearly not from the earth yeah absolutely and, uh, and there's a term for that and it's called greenwashing and um you know that's why i said before read the labels read the labels read the labels and i stress that point you know mm. so if you read the label and at the end of the day you're not happy with what that company is doing don't buy their product um, you know, if they're not in full disclosure with what with what they're doing, don't trust them. Mm. It's your um, health you're dealing with, you know. <laughs> absolutely, your health and your children's health. I mean, yeah. it's so important to be empowered. And when you say read the label, obviously, I, I mean, I'm okay with food labels, but when it comes to chemicals, you know, I have I don't have any clue. So, again, going back to um, your book or the app, which is a really quick reference guide that I use all the time um, to see, you know, is this safe or is it not safe? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and look, um, in the cosmetic industry alone, there is over 10,000 ingredients that they can use. There is no book 
anything out there that covers all of those 10,000 ingredients. Um, you know, if I was to write have a chemical maze, it will be a foot thick. You know, you, you, you wouldn't carry it around. And even the app, I can't cover all of those chemicals. So what I do is I, I pick the most, the ones that you're most likely to come across. And it's, it covers 80 to 90% of the ingredients you're likely to come across. And look, if people don't know, if they come across one and they don't know what it is and they're concerned about it, send, send me an email and you know, I'll, I'll find out for them. I'll do the research. I've got all the database and so forth. I'll send them the information and people do that. Um, but you know, if, you've, if you pick up a particular product and the, it's got 10 ingredients on it and you look it up and, and, and you look in the chemical maze and six of those are listed in the chemical maze, we only got to come across one that's got a sad face or two sad faces it doesn't matter what the others are. You're not going to buy it anyway, so who cares? Mm. Yeah, good tip. So what are some of the everyday products that we should be thinking twice about? Because I know for myself, you know, how many ever years ago that I sort of stopped using toxic products, but I had no idea. I was using my Dove deodorant, spraying my Ralph Lauren perfume all over my thyroid glands. I had my Colgate toothpaste, my scented moisturisers, but, you know, I didn't know any better and we only know what we know. So if we haven't been in this health space in the health bubble or if we're not listening to podcasts like this, then we don't know. So which products, what things are we looking at when we're talking about um, chemicals in our everyday products at home? Yeah, well, just to take up your point there first, um, people are so indoctrinated by advertising, by peer pressure, you know, uh, and so forth. So like you say, until you actually, I mean, there was a point in my life where I didn't, I, I didn't know either, you know. So it took me doing the research to know that. So everybody's on their own path of the research. So, you know, basically um, there are all sorts of products, as you say, skin creams, uh, lipsticks is one of the ones that you need to be careful of. Um, you know, there's still lead acetate used in, in some lips, lipsticks that are imported into the country. Um, you know, you, if you're having lead acetate, it's going into your mouth and into your system. Everybody knows how bad lead is. So, um, you know, just be aware of that. It, it, it is rare now in cosmetics but <clears throat> and, um, and lipsticks, but you will occasionally come across it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... Um, yeah, uh, okay, so one thing that just came to mind is uh, sunscreens. Um, you know, people think, um, yeah, slip, slap, slop. Great, great idea, but pick a sunscreen that doesn't have the toxic ingredients in it. Um, and it has been, these, some of these toxic ingredients like oxybenzone have been shown to actually promote skin cancer because what they do is that they cause free radical damage um, on the skin um, and free radical damage can then le lead to skin damage which can then lead to skin cancers so um, you know look up oxybenzone in the chemical maze um, and there are other ingredients in there that, as well to be to be aware of mm. um, paraben, and the sunscreens uh, normally have all their <coughs> ingredients listed on them so we can yeah, they should have yeah yeah, mm -hmm. should, yeah most of them will have the ingredients listed on there um, <clears throat> it's interesting that 
Uh, some products, toothpaste is an example where, yeah, they list, the, they list the ingredients on the box. You take the toothpaste out of the box, throw the box away, and you don't have the ingredients because that's not listed on the tube, you know. So one of the big things with, um, uh, with toothpaste is sodium fluoride um, uh, and all the various names that that comes under. Um, it's, a, it's essentially fluoride, which is um, rat poison or uh, used in insecticides. It's a toxin. Um, you know, a number of toxicologists have declared fluoride is a, is a toxin. Uh, there's no doubt about it. You know, it's one of the top toxins in the world. Um, so, you know, um, and, and fluoride can lead. It, it doesn't do basically anything to protect your teeth. In fact, if you have too, too much fluoride, you can it can cause fluorosis or darkening uh, of, of the teeth. Um, <clears throat> it is implicated in um, bone cancers. Um, there are research papers that have um, drawn uh, a parallel between bone cancers and, and sodium fluoride. Um, I choose to use a toothpaste without and I have done for 20 years or so. Um, you know, um, and, and I'm not running down to the dentist every week. In fact, I, uh, I know it's a good, bad, or whether I should admit it, but I haven't been to a dentist for probably 15 years. <laughs> my, teeth are, my teeth are fine. You know, I don't have a problem with them, but mm -hmm. I use homeopathy as well. So, you know. That is so interesting. So just on this fluoride topic, it is so controversial. You know, in Australia, it is really controversial. Um, you know, even when we talk about fluoride in the water, and mm. different things like that. And most parents are, you know, we're giving our kids toothpaste that has fluoride in it because it has been drilled into us and so programmed that we need to um, have fluoride for good, healthy, strong teeth. And this is what our dentists are saying too. So is there a lot of research that parents can um, find and a lot of information on this? Um, because that's what parents want. I think they want the hard evidence too that if they're going to make this change, they feel confident to do this. Yeah, there's, there's certainly um, certainly enough research out there. Um, and, <clears throat> I mean, some towns in Australia have gone, um, have taken fluoride out of the water supply that they're using. It's a cost to councils as well. It costs them to put fluoride into the water. So uh, Canada... Um, I've had legislation for years uh, banning fluoride from dental products, from, you know, toothpaste, um, tooth powders, uh, uh, mouthwashes and so forth. It's actually banned in Canada. So they're not going to ban something if they don't have the, if the research isn't there that shows that it shouldn't be, we shouldn't be taking the stuff in. You get fluoride actually from, um, from uh, various vegetables in your diet. So, you know, um, it's, in my mind, it's forced medication. If it's put into water supplies, you can choose or not to choose um, to use a toothpaste with sodium fluoride in it. But in a lot of paste places, you can't choose the water you drink. You know, you it's tap water. If it's got fluoride in, that's what you're drinking. Unless you're going out and buying expensive bottled water, um, you know. It's, mm. uh, it is. Yeah. It is mass medication and we almost have to, you know, step back and 
you know, opt out of this human experiment because, I mean, how long has fluoride been in our water? When, when do they start thinking of these ideas and think it's a good idea, you know, and sometimes it's too hard to back out of something because they've pushed it for so long? Yeah, well, the, the theory goes that um, it was a way of disposing of a toxic product um, from the aluminium smelting industry um, which would have cost them millions of dollars to dispose of. So someone came up with a bright idea of putting it into the water supply, came up with uh, to show that, yes, it's good for uh, teeth and so forth. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe they fully believed in what they were doing. But, you know, essentially it's being filtered through it. <laughs> where you being used as a dump for you know, uh, for the fluoride. Um, now, I, I, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily say that I fully believe that, but that's that's the story that I have been told by somebody who is is an activist um, against fluoride in the water. So, mm. let's talk about fragrances because this is one that pops up a lot, um, and this is what some people might be more familiar with, I suppose. So. Can you tell us about the word fragrance when we see it on the back of a cosmetic or um, cleaning product? Um, yes, a fragrance. Here, we're, let's distinguish between um, a synthetic fragrance, which is what you're referring to, and um, uh, an organic fragrance or something in a, in a natural uh, certified organic product uh, can still have the word parfum, but generally they'll they'll bracket it by saying nature derived. What we're talking about here is um, a synthetic uh, uh, product that um, could be composed of anything up to three thousand different chemicals, um, some of which can be toxic. So, um, and you know, it's a highly specialised industry. The 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 people who are the top, uh, it's like flavorists, the people who come up with the flavors for various synthetic flavors for things, uh, they're paid, uh, you know, a gazillion dollars to come up with all these um, uh, nature-mimicking uh, uh, fragrances. So, um, but it's also implicated, and some of these things are implicated in allergies. Um, people have... A, you know, how many people do you know who can't work in an environment where people are wearing synthetic perfumes because of the allergies, uh, headaches, skin rashes, all sorts of things that, um, you know, uh, people can, can have. It, it's also an immune, uh, can interfere with your immune system, cause all sorts of problems there. So um, it, it can also, it can be... Um, go by the name of parfum so if it, if it has p-a-r-f-u-m that means fragrance and essentially think synthetic fragrance unless it tells you otherwise mm. that's interesting you mentioned about the nature derived in the brackets because normally when i still see something like that i'm still very suspicious because i'm thinking you know fragrance and because there are so many loopholes and things, you know, you, you start to question things more. So that's good to know that that is okay. Is that right? Yeah, well, you, you've also got to look at, okay, um, you've got to, 
So you've got to use common sense and you've also got to use a little bit of intuition here. So, um, you know, you, you look at, uh, if, like we said before about greenwashing, you know, it can say botanical, it can say uh, wonders of nature, it can have beautiful flowers and butterflies and everything else on it and you turn it over and it's got all of the, and you go to the chemical maze and it says, here's a frowny face, here's a double frowny face, here's another frowny face. You know, so um, um, so you, you you get a feel like I have over the years. Got a feel I can pick a product up up off the shelf and know nothing about it, and I can tell within a few seconds whether that's something I want to buy or I want to put back on the shelf. You know, sometimes I don't even have to turn it over to look at. It's just got a look and a feel about it that doesn't that screams this is synthetic and it's full of. You know, it's just greenwashing. So. Um, but there are certain brands that I've come to trust over the years, um, and I don't mind mentioning. I don't endorse any particular products, but people might have heard of My Essence. Uh, that's that's one of the good good one. Cora by um, uh, Miranda Kerr, um, and a mother um, has got uh, a, a range of products called Divine. So, um, you know, there are a number of, uh, and do your research, you know, you, you'll find there are many others mm. um, out there that, uh, and you've only got to, you know, have a look there. And if they, if they list the ingredients on their website and they all come up, you know, um, happy faces when you check them in the chemical maze, then, you know, I wouldn't have uh, uh, any problems with, with people checking them out. They're, you know, the, they all vary as well, you know. Some mm. some are, uh, some work better than others. Put it that way. Mm. I use for cleaning and even cosmetics, like essential oils that mm. don't have in any synthetics or anything else added to it. It's just pure plant oil, so you know exactly what you're putting into your skin, um, and you don't have to try and do any of the guesswork. And it's you know it's something that's safe, affordable, effective. Um, and it just makes it a lot easier than having to trying to navigate this chemical maze. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Now tell us about phthalates. So these are, this is a chemical that can be found in fragrance. Is that right? Uh, yeah, phthalates, uh, essentially they're used as plasticizers. They're used to, <clears throat> um, in the plastics industry, <clears throat> to make um, to make plastics more pliable, pliable, more durable, or, or softer, but they're also used in fragrances, um, essentially to make the fragrance stay stay around longer. So it's got longer holding power when it's put on the skin. It doesn't. It doesn't like if you put alcohol on your skin, it, it'll disperse. So if a, if, a, if a fragrance is like in an alcohol base, it will disappear within a few seconds. Whereas um, that's why they put the phthalates into these um, so that when it's put onto the skin, it'll stay around for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, but, uh, but phthalates, one of the downsides of phthalates, um, and there'll be things like DEP, DBP, uh, DBP, um, they... Uh, they affect the endocrine system, so um, they're they're um, they're disruptors uh, of the endocrine system in the body, um, 
and that can cause all sorts of problems. They've been even implicated in um, uh, possible adverse effects of autism and um, ADHD. Um, they, so are, uh, yeah, sorry, yep. Yeah, I was just going to say, what are the kinds of products we'll find them in? You know, for kids on the spectrum or with ADHD, what kinds of products would they be using? Anything's just got a fragrance. Mm. So bubble bubble bath. Um, you know, they can also um, they can irritate the skin. They can they uh, also penetration enhancers, which means that they can pull other toxic chemicals through the skin. Um, so uh, yeah, anything. I mean, a lot of, most kids' products have got fragrance as an ingredient. That's the that's the attraction, you know. Um, and they choose fragrances. Um, that's why they paid the big bucks that kids go after. You know, the, the things like strawberry or uh, whatever whatever kids will will gravitate to. Um, so I don't know if there are many um, kids' products that don't have fragrances in, um, and they will be synthetic fragrances unless they're certified organic, in which case they will be banned from mm. being used in those products. And they're also used in plastics, aren't they? Yeah, yeah I mentioned that earlier. Oh, they're, yeah. Made, they're, yeah, mm. uh, they're, they're used, um, they're different to um, BPA and BPS, which is bisphenol A and bis, bisphenol S, which now more and more people are um, being, being made aware of. Um, but I'll just give you a word of caution there. Uh, if a product says BPA-free, don't forget there are other BPs, uh, bisphenols, there's BPS and BPF, um, which are equally, if not more, toxic than BPA. Uh, so, but yeah, getting back to the phthalates, phthalates are used in all different, all sorts of plastics. There's over forty different phthalates that industry um, can use, and they're um, used. Some of them you'll never ever come across, but because they're used in specialised industries for specialised purposes. Um, but yeah, they are used in. Um, <coughs> children's toys and, um, you know, all sorts of things. Some countries, some phthalates are banned in other countries um, and not in Australia, the U, in the EU. Some of the, some of the more toxic phthalates are still, in, uh, are still in use in Australia, but they're not, no longer being used in the UK, uh, UK and the EU. Um, they're, they're way ahead in the EU um, as far as regulations go than they are in Australia um, and you know you only got to look at DDT as an example of that it was banned in the USA in 1972 and it took till 1987 before it was banned in Australia so we we lag behind the rest of the world as far as regulations of um, regulating and banning um, toxic chemicals here. Why is that? Um, the mighty almighty dollar. <laughs> Uh, looking out, uh, looking after industry, um, mm. you know, mm. ahead of health. Like I said before, you know, unless people are dropping dead in the street, health is not a major priority of industry. It's shocking because then the health, you know, care system and the burden that we're placing on that is just massive. Absolutely, you know, it's a no-brainer when you think about it. Really. <laughs> so, what kind, what kind of health impacts are we seeing 
from people who are using these products every day, what what are some of the conditions that we see? Oh, everything from we've mentioned a few of them. Everything from skin allergies, uh, skin conditions, allergies, asthma, uh, all the way up to various cancers, um, autoimmune diseases, Parkinson's disease, ALS. Um, Pretty much anything, any disease you can name will have some connection somewhere to toxic chemicals. Um, there'll be a link there somewhere if you cared to follow it through. Um, because you've only got to look at the material safety data sheets that are put out uh, essentially to protect workers working in the industry. And if you read those, and I used material safety data sheets as one of my reference points when I wrote The Chemical Maze. Um, so I would get all the material safety data and I'd look through them and I'd look at what are the, what are the health effects that these things can cause. Um, and quite often, you know, they, because they had, they were required by law to list all of these, doesn't mean that, you know, everyone's going to get them, but, um, and it's more likely the workers would get them. But, you know, in an industry like hairdressing, if somebody is you working in that industry, and they're working with like something like PPD, um, which is a hair dye. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma was, you know, one of the high-risk things. Um, and I've spoken to a number of hairdressers who have known someone or had themselves non-Hodgkin's lymphoma from working in the industry, uh, and other and other problems as well. So, you know. Um, <clears throat> uh, I remember being on a program on, I think it was on The Current Affair, once I was interviewed about uh, hair dyes. And, um, you know, they talked about there was one, there was a girl there who lost most of her hair and had second degree burns on her head from using a home dye kit, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, the effects are far reaching and it is so empowering though that we, can do something about it you know we can choose not to bring these chemicals into our house you know once you've learned something like this you can't unlearn it so you can make a choice and that choice can be either to you know go into the kitchen go into the laundry in the bathroom and really start investigating what you're currently using at home and that's not to say you have to go eliminate everything straight away some people like to do the cold turkey and throw everything out um, but it could be just taking small steps towards health and wellness and starting to replace some of those toxic things that they're keeping at home. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, I have known people who have been so horrified after a talk I've given that they've said, I'm going home and chucking everything out, you know. And yeah. uh, I've said, well, that's your choice, but, you know, you, you could just elect to, um, you know, if some, so if you've got something that's only got a little bit in it, chuck it out. Uh, have a look at the ingredients first. You know, if they if it's not if it's full of frowny faces, yeah, maybe you decide, yeah, I'm going to get rid of that. And, um, so, but some people choose choose to go the radical way like that. Other people choose to just do it step by step. Depends on your budget. You know, if you have the money to just chuck it all out, go for it. Mm, absolutely. Now, have there been any studies or what sort of research and information is coming out on how chemicals interfere with the developing body and brain of a child or an infant? Um, because it, like we said earlier, it just seems like we're the human experiment. And obviously kids 
are at a very vulnerable part of their life um, where they're going to be more sensitive to toxic exposures. So um, infants and babies are obviously more sensitive, but also kids on the spectrum are more sensitive too because typically their immune system hasn't quite developed um, at that same sort of speed. They've got a few immune challenges going on there. So what do we know about how chemicals affect kids and and their developing brain and body? Yeah, well, I, I guess um, you'd have to, um, if you went back to Feingold, you remember Benjamin Feingold and the Feingold diet, he did a lot of research around um, uh, colourings and preservatives um, uh, and salicylates and how they affected the health of children and um, how they affected the way their learning abilities how it affected, um, you know, their their attention um, and so forth. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the authorities dismissed what he did, but there are, there are a lot of people who got a lot of benefit from following the fine gold diet and still do today. Um, but there is, um, there are a number of uh, things. I'll give an example. MSG and aspartame are two. Uh, MSG is a uh, flavour enhancer. Aspartame uh, 951 is an artificial sweetener. And both of those are excitotoxins. And essentially what that means is um, they trigger various cells in the brain into a state of excitability to the point where the cells destroy themselves. Um, and if that happens enough, if people are having things, you know, like um, diet drinks that have got aspartame that it says no sugar or zero sugar or what have you, day after day after day, um, that can have um, a detrimental effect on or everything to do with how their brain, what their brain does. Now, if it's children that are doing this, um, you know, I wrote in a, I think it was the one of the editions of the Chemical Maze in an introduction, I think it might have been the fourth edition, how um, I think that companies who continue to produce um, products with colourings and preservatives where it's been shown that these things have that effect should be culpable because they know the effects. They continue to put these products out there with these ingredients, these toxic ingredients in there. And if children are then, it's interfering with their educational development as a result of that, they are culpable in my eyes. Because, Mm. you know, you imagine you, the cause of, your inattention at school and your lack of being able to remember or whatever is due to a particular, say, tartrazine, for example, which is yellow colouring. And there are a number of others that fall into the same category. Um, Then, you know, uh, and and then you're diagnosed with ADHD. You're put on Ritalin, you're put on other toxic chemicals Um, You come out of school basically knowing nothing because you, uh, and it's not your fault, you know. Um, Someone at the end of the day has to be responsible for that. 
Mm. So, you know, I was pretty angry when I wrote that bit, but that's the way I saw it and I still see it now, you know, that, that way. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think I sound like a broken record because I say this all the time, but as an occupational therapist, I will see kids for behavioural challenges. So kids who are inattentive, who are hyperactive, who have challenges, um, you know, just sitting still and learning. And to be honest, there's no amount of behavioural type therapy that I can do to intervene to help a child if they're constantly feeding their body with chemicals and their behaviour is a result of what's going on in the inside. It's not um, a sensory or an environmental challenge that they're having. It's like a physiological one. There's something mm. going on based on the chemicals and the food that mm. they're giving. And, and do you know what? Parents don't know. You know, a lot of parents don't know what chemicals um, and additives and preservatives are in their bread or in whatever normal sort of food that they're giving their child they just they are simply unaware so I think that's why it's so important that people like yourself are sharing the information and the knowledge that you have so we can become empowered and make small changes from home Mm, yeah and look if everybody listening to this had a friend who they then recommended you know whether it be the chemical maze or any other piece of information out there that could make a difference to them that's the best thing that you could do for that person Mm. absolutely and i'm all about a whole child approach so this is like one little thing you know chemicals in food or whether it's in products at home it's one thing that can help children on the spectrum and if we can take away the stress because what's happening in the brain and the body of a child on the spectrum is they've got too many stresses in their life and they all compile and they compound until it's too much. Um, And if we can take away something that is super easy for us to do because we're in control of what comes into the house, if Mm. we can do this, then it's going to reduce that stress on the brain and the body and it's going to be less challenged. They'll be able to think clearer. They'll be able to sit and attend for longer um, and we're giving them more chances of success. So it's really important that we not only look at the behavioural and the therapy side of things, which is super important, but we're also looking at other whole child perspectives on it, looking at different angles because I think there's a lot of value in what everyone's saying um, and what advice people are giving. And I think we just need to compile it so we have this holistic approach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, there are three areas in in your life where you have some choice. and and that is like the foods that you eat and what you drink, um, the what you put on your skin as far as cosmetics um, and shampoos and so forth, and what you use as cleaners in, the ha- in, in your house, like household products. And that's why I include those three in the Chemical Maze Shopping compa- um, Bookshelf Companion because those are the three that you have some control over. A lot of other things... Um, you don't, you know, you buy a house, um, say it's a new house and you don't know much about this, then you're going to have the off-gassing of carpets and paints and all sorts of things. Um, sometimes you, okay, you've got to go with that because you don't have the money for that. You buy a new car, you know. Um, you've got off-gassing of all of the plastics and, and everything else in the new car. I recently read an article where Audi 
apparently are aware of, have been aware of this for quite a while, and they're putting their cars through a process to try and get rid of most of the off-gassing when then people buy the, the new car, you know, that new car smell, which is supposed to, supposedly a good thing. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's, that's chemicals. <laughs> I was just silently laughing at that because that is what most people think. You know, we, we have a new car actually and, you know, when people come into it and even actually, you know, months after when we bought our old our other car, people would still say, oh, it still smells like a new car and this would have been even like a year after. So yeah. it's just interesting. You know, we became immune to it but other people who came into the car could still smell that like a year after. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that's mm. why I won't buy a new car. Mm. I'll buy a car that's two or three years old where most of the off-gassing has already happened. <laughs> Interesting. Ah, oh, it just, It's just so many things and I think it can quite often become quite overwhelming for parents. But what are some practical things that parents can do today or tomorrow or in the next week to reduce some of their toxic load around the home? Um, well, start with safe foods, um, be aware of what you're, what you're buying with, you know, um, buy organic, organic foods if you possibly can and, and certified organic. And I'll make the distinction between organic and certified organic. Certified organic is regulated. Um, there are rules around having, um, what how something can be certified and then sold as certified organic. Organic, there's no registry definition of organic. Formaldehyde is organic. So, you know, you can put organic on a product, doesn't mean anything. It could be full of toxic chemicals. Um, grow your own food. You know, even if you live on a, uh, in an apartment with a balcony or something, you can still grow parsley or you can grow something that's natural. Um, uh, and that's a thin end of the wedge. It's a way of getting into that that whole thing. If you really want to go down that path, um, join a community garden or start a community garden. Um, you know, there are all the veggie swaps. There's all a number of things you can do as far as that. Um, as far as cosmetics go, um, as I mentioned before, my essence, there's a number of others that... Um, you know, a certified organic, my, my essence was, uh, um, I know Narelle Channery has started it, um, the first certified organic uh, in the world with cosmetics, certified organic cosmetics in the world. Um, my, you know, the, like I mentioned before, the, the bookshelf companions got various uh, formulas for making your own household products you know making your own dishwashing detergent making your own washing detergent um we, my wife made our washing detergent she makes soap you know <laughs> um and uh you know you can make your own shampoos there are recipes out there to be able to do that uh you save at least then you know what's going into it absolutely um, you know, Good old, good old vinegar and baking soda is uh, one of the best cleaners. In fact, vinegar has been shown to, um, you know, kill ninety nine point nine percent of all germs, so bacteria. Yeah, um, and isn't that interesting? We're so um, quick to get those antibacterial sprays and ninety nine percent antibacterial and 
all those mm. sorts of things when I think vinegar in the shops for a two-litre bottle is about a dollar or two. Mm. You know? That's right, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, which, the, the, you know, the marketing of these products is brilliant in a way is because, you know, they say, well, you've got to have this for doing that and that for doing that and, you know, this for cleaning your shower and that for cleaning your toilet and that for cleaning your bench tops. And so they sell you, you know, 15 different products and essentially they're all the same formula. <laughs> Mm. basically all the same toxic formula <laughs> and do you just use vinegar for most things around your house so in terms of toilet and kitchen bench and different things yeah. like that yeah we don't have any commercial products in our house whatsoever you know okay. like i said my wife makes the own, our, our washing powder our soap um you know we use vinegar tea tree oil um like a uh, baking soda um, there's so many different. I came across one the other day, a recipe the other day, because I've got the tiles, because I laid the tiles and I'm renovating our house. So, um, but the, the tile grout has got a little bit up, um, you know, got a bit grubby. And uh, I came across a formula, I think it was vinegar, baking soda, tea tree oil, and water. I thought, yeah, I'm going to give that a go. <laughs> and it worked? I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> okay, you have to keep us posted. But yeah. there, are, there are so many essential oils out there. I'm a big advocate for using them. Um, and there are so many out there that can help with cleaning, you know, and a lot of them have antibacterial, antimicrobial um, properties in them. So they're so versatile in how we can use them. And we're just going back to nature, back to basics, back to how they used to clean We've really forgotten our way and it's funny um, because I, I sell essential oils and I have some people who question their safety. I mean, you know, there are some safety things that you have to be concerned about but when they're using chemical products and then they're questioning, you know, how safe is this oil, you know, or um, to be diffused in the house, um, you know, and, and we're smelling in, you know, gas every time we go to the gas station or different things like that. So there's a lot of people who are hesitant, um, you know, obviously as to whether they work, but, you know, there's the safety around them as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, um, when you, and I've researched all of the how they've tested these things and um, there's a lot to be desired in it, you know. Um, you know, they've only tested chemicals singly. They've not tested them in combination with others. How many products have you bought that have got one single chemical in it, um, ingredient? Um, you know, they've only been tested on healthy animals, um, animals, mind you. They haven't been tested on babies. They haven't been tested on sick people. They haven't been tested on old people. Um, you know, so there's all these shortcomings when it comes They've been they've been tested for maybe two weeks, um, you know. They may have been tested to see if they cause cancer in these animals, um, and when the animals start to die, they top they stop the test and say, "Well, only five percent of the animals died, so it's safe." <laughs> it's ridiculous. The whole thing is just ridiculous, really. Mm. Um, you know, and then like you say, people want that. They want to know. That because they believe that this has been fully tested and uh, sorry, no. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, look, we're going to start wrapping it up now, but I want to get you to answer one more question before we head to the five rapid fire questions. So 
what would you say to the parents who are interested in living a more low-tox life but think it's too expensive or just not as convenient as grabbing something from the supermarket shelf that's pre-made and just easy to grab? Well, I guess um, go and visit a cancer ward or, you know, um, might be a bit harsh, but, um, you know, if you could fast forward your life in your head and see what could be the consequences of not doing it, um, you know, um, as I was just saying before, these, these things have not been tested properly. Well, take, for example, you don't know that the food additives that you're having today that are toxic, like the, uh, the preservatives and so forth, they've only been tested a very, very short period of time because nobody has tested them over a period of where somebody taking them every day for a lifetime. How do you know that the illness that you've got now wasn't caused by a lifetime of taking that chemical? We don't. You know, you're just taking that for granted that you'll be safe. Everybody lives in this bubble that, you know, everything's okay regardless of what you do. So think about the consequences of, you know, look at the research, look at the things that can happen that by doing this, um, you know, by, by not living a healthy life. Um, and, you know, um, I, I, I went to a supermarket um, the other day and I thought, and I was buying um, yogurt and um, I normally make yogurt, but I, was, I went and I thought, well, I'll buy some of this. And I looked at the organic yogurt and it was virtually the same price as the non-organic organic yogurt. And I thought, well, this is a no-brainer. You know, why would you buy the other one when this is certified organic? Um, and there are other products. If you, if you have a look around, there are other products there where the price difference is becoming less and less because as people uptake more with the organic products, certified organic products, the price difference is becoming less and less. It used to be huge. It's, not, it's no longer that. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and like I said, you can grow your own. It's fun. You can see something growing. You can say, well, I grew that. You know, does that get your kids involved? You know, get a little little garden going, and um, you know I've gone into kindergartens and built gardens for them, so the kids get the thrill of growing their own um, stuff, and they love it. You know, absolutely. And there have been studies done actually that if kids grow their own food, they're actually more likely to eat it. And one big challenge for kids on the spectrum is that they have a very narrow um, selection of foods that they eat. They're very fussy eaters. So doing simple things like that. And yes, you mentioned something very important. So voting with your dollar. So mm. where your dollar goes matters. Um, if you can afford organic, um, try and work out what you eat a lot of in mm. your week and, and purchase that organic organically mm. um, because that will help bring that price down. And the more people who are purchasing those foods, um, yeah, we'll see that price drop. Yeah, yeah, because manufacturers are driven by profit. They're driven by the number of products that they sell. And if they see that a line is dropped, they'll look at what, okay, so what do we do to, and it can take quite a, a long time to do that. I mean, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm publish a local newspaper and I, you know, talk to public, uh, publishers and they said in the newspaper industry, it can take two years for them to decide that they're going to change a font <laughs> because, you know, that's how people, people are so indoctrinated into things. So they, we've got to, we've got to break that, give people a different paradigm to move into and, you know, need that oh. paradigm shift. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like I could talk to you all day. Um, I've got so many questions and so much more to talk about, but we'll head to the five rapid fire questions. Um, we might have to have you on the show another time to cover <laughs> so much more. Um, so number one is what is one habit that parents can implement today? Uh, well, I think I mentioned it earlier. I'd say read the labels, read the labels, read the labels, you know. Um, do your research, um, you know, uh, buy, buy either the chemical maze or get a, uh, get the app or, you know, there are a number of others out there. You know, I like to promote the chemical maze, obviously, but, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, 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 get educated. Absolutely, yep, and I stand by the chemical maze as well. It's fantastic. Number two, what do people never ask you that you wish they did? Well, I, because you sent me the questions and, and I, I thought a lot about this and there's really nothing that I can think of. So, you know, because um, I, I usually, you know, win a talk, I usually cover most, most things anyway. And that's like, I never get, I've never got to the end of the talk and I thought, and I thought, I wish they'd have asked me that, you know. Uh, well, that's good. Maybe it's because I, I talk too much and cover it all anyway. And, and you know, because I like to talk about what I'm interested in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think people and parents are becoming more informed, um, more inquisitive. So it's really good that people are asking the questions um, mm. to be getting those answers. Yeah. Number three, what book would you recommend that all parents read? Um, well, apart from the Chemical Maze, um, obviously, and the Chemical Maze Bookshelf Companion, um, I'd recommend uh, Chemical Free Kids by Sarah, got a copy here, Dr. Sarah Lance, that one there. Um, yeah, so Sarah actually came to me and um, when, when she was writing the book and uh, picked my brains um, about it, but yeah, she, but she's a doctor, so yeah. <clears throat> um, so she um, she wrote that book and it's subtitled Raising Healthy Children in a Toxic World. I love it. It's That's just another one to add to the list. Yeah. Great. Number four, what is your top unfinished bucket list item? Um, yeah, well, that would be to pay off the house mortgage by 2020. <laughs> love it. Number five, if you could only offer one piece of advice to parents, what would it be? Um, well, I've <clears throat> um, got a little saying that I, I use when I do talks and that's your health is your life, so do everything you can to preserve it. I love it. It's so important. It's so important and it often just gets shrugged off um, because we live busy lives these days and convenience is such a big factor mm. but um, it's something that we need to start looking at seriously particularly for the health of our kids with special needs who are more sensitive to environmental exposures yeah yeah so how can more people find out about your work you do have a website uh yeah there's a website they can go to www.chemicalmaze or one word 
Um, and if you're interested in, in um, I got the bookshelf companion for sale on the on I think it's about twenty five dollars posted. Um, and if you want a cop, if you want to get the app, it's available for Android um, and iOS or Apple. Then um, the links, if you go to the website, there's links through to those as well to the um, uh, the shops where you can get those from. Um, I, I'll just mention, just in case, there might be somebody out there because I get emails from people saying, "Why don't you put a scanner on it?" <laughs> so that we can just scan the products. We had a scanner on it originally, but unfortunately in Australia, nobody's built a database. So you've got to have a database in order for a scanner to work. And there is no database in Australia where you can, where you can scan a product and that'd be great if you could, that'd be wonderful. Um, but the, there is a downside to that though, I've, I think, and that is, by doing that, you're not educating yourself. You know, you're not learning about the products. You're not learning about the ingredients um, because if you're just scanning it, you, you're letting the app do all the work. And and I think we're sadly getting into a into a world where we're becoming less and less able to think for ourselves because we're allowing technology to take over that and there's going to be consequences down the track Mm, absolutely i couldn't agree more and we do and it comes back to our how busy our lives are and we want an app for everything these days we want something to do the hard work for us um but it is really important that we do some of the hard work ourselves and become informed so we can you know if we go to a friend's house or we see the product down the street and we don't want to wash our hands with it or whatever it is we we know Mm, that's right fantastic thank you so much bill for being with us on home base hope podcast Uh, it's been a pleasure rihanna thank you Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in today. I really hope that parts of the episode resonated with you, but more importantly, I hope that you feel inspired to take action from home base. If there is someone who you know who would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. Now, I love connecting with you all, so if you head on over to Facebook and Instagram, you can find me there. All you have to do is search Home Base Hope. Now, if you subscribe to this podcast by heading to iTunes and hitting the subscribe button, every fortnight you will get an instant notification of the latest interview. And if you do love the show, then please leave a five-star review because this will help more people discover us and it will help us inspire more positive change in people living on the spectrum. So until next time, I encourage you to open your mind, respect the differences, and above all, believe that you can make a difference from home base. See you soon, guys. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Boston Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.